The experts tell us not to overreact and do not panic, most of all, when the stock market has these crazy days like it's been having. And of course, don't panic about the coronavirus, but exactly how do we do that? Well, we have some solutions from financial psychologist and certified financial planner, Dr. Brad Klontz, co-hosting the show today. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. I am Dr. Brad Klontz, coming to you from my home office in Boulder, Colorado. And this is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like Dr. Brad Klontz. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. This episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial. And it gets even better, 20% off your first year. And of course, you support the show when you use that link, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Okay, Dr. Brad, I can't think of a better person to have here today with us. Um, We're going to get to that line in a second, but let's just tease it for a second because you picked it. (laughs) You picked this article. Tell us why. Yeah, I did. I feel like it's it's what's on all of our minds. You know, if you're if you're invested at all in the stock market or bond market or anything, you're you're paying attention to this. You're you're knowing what's happening, Um, and it creates a, a deep sense of panic and fear. I mean, we are essentially, we are all herd animals. We're all sort of baby deer in a herd. And um, when it comes to big money movements, we, our amygdala can very easily take over. So our emotional part of our brain, and it's almost this life or death response. And even as I'm talking about it, my palms are starting to sweat, Bobby, um, because this is a very human thing. And when you see the herd running in one direction, there's an intense sense of fear if you're not running with the herd, whether it's excitement or whether it's fear, this is how we're wired. And so it really does help to understand that, pay attention to it, because really we have to calm ourselves down to the point where our prefrontal cortex or our thinking brain kicks in and we don't end up making the wrong decision because that instinct to run with the herd is fabulous if there's a mountain lion coming near you and it's utterly destructive and terrible when it comes to our financial life. This is going to be good, guys. Let's see which one of our money friends is going to lead us into the headline. This is Tara from Rise Up. Friends? Check. Money? Check. Friends with money? Let's do this. All right, Brad, start us off here. This is a piece you picked out from CNBC. Yes, piece from CNBC by Michelle Fox. It's titled, Don't Let Panic Drive Your Investment Decisions. Here's How to Get a Grip on Your Emotions. Um, Now, fair warning, I'm quoted in it a couple times. Um, But it starts with, wild swings in the stock market may have you itching to make changes to your portfolio. Yet any expert will tell you, you shouldn't let your emotions drive your investment decisions. That vacillation between excitement and panic, that is what hurts people financially said me (laughs) in the article. Um, The market dropped again on Tuesday. So this was an article from last week. Huge comeback rally. Saw the Dow Jones having its biggest gain since 2009. Last week, it then dropped. I mean, and this this is really what we're seeing, Bobby, this up and down, huge movements. And it's all based on fears related to the virus. Yes, exactly. Um, Financial advisor Mitch Goldberg, president of Client First Strategy in Melville, New York, is reminding his clients that the ups and downs of the stock market are a normal part of the investment journey. 
Quote, it's what you do before a plunge that counts, not the hasty reactions that come during and after when you have no time to think, he said. While market experts said they didn't see evidence of panic when the market dropped last week, it's normal for people to feel panicked in these types of situations, Klant said. It's the way the human brain is programmed, with our emotional brains bigger and more powerful than our rational brains, he explained. Go ahead and panic, said Klantz, who's also a certified financial planner. Just don't panic about the fact that you're panicking. In other words, acknowledge your emotions, but don't act on them. That goes for whether you want to sell during a big drop or buy in a, during a surge. It may be easier said than done. Here are some techniques to calm your emotional brain so you can make rational decisions. Take deep breaths. It might sound trite, but taking a few deep breaths really does work, said Klontz, a member of the CNBC Invest in You Financial Wellness Council. Doing breathing exercises can decrease your blood pressure, heart rate, and stress hormones, hormone levels, according to wellness expert Deepak Chopra. Another tip, consult with an expert. Consulting with a financial expert will not only help you evaluate the accuracy of your thinking, it also gives you something else you need, time. If you can't afford a financial advisor, at least speak to somebody before you make a decision, um, he added, as long as they are not also panicking. Yeah, let's just pause there and talk a little bit more about this. Um, These things, they sound like very sort of trite, like, well, just do deep breaths. But there are actual biological reasons why that can help, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree that it's trite. I even said that it's trite. You know, um, the advice, just calm down, take deep breaths. None of that feels helpful when you're really stressed and really feeling panicked. But the bottom line is that when you are in that highly aroused emotional state, your thinking brain essentially shuts off. And we've all had this experience where you've been really upset at somebody, perhaps in your house, (laughs) and you get really upset. And then all of a sudden you say something. And then about 20 minutes later, your rational brain kicks back on and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. I, you know, I wish I hadn't done that. Perhaps you make an apology, but it's that type of an emotional state that you want to avoid making any financial decisions in because you're going to make an impulsive decision that's probably not in your best interest. Right. And let's just, let me just go on with a little bit with the article. Other tips to kind of keep your emotions in check include remembering the past. And so you can put things in context. And um, it has, for example, one expert quoted as saying the stock market has overcome so many obstacles, the Great Recession, 9-11, the market crash of 1987. And, you know, it comes back. That's been history. Now, we don't know for sure that will happen. Of course not. We can't predict the future. We can look at history. And it also talks about the fact that age matters. A stock market drop actually benefits younger investors since it gives them the opportunity to buy in at lower prices and hold for the long haul. Just make sure you're still making rational and well-thought-out decisions. If you're closer to retirement, it becomes trickier since you will soon have to start making withdrawals from your retirement accounts. And then it talks, it has another quote from you, Dr. Brad, saying that, remember, even if the stock market drops, it doesn't mean your entire portfolio did. Take note of the percentage of stocks, bonds, and cash that you have in your portfolio. If you only have 50% in equities, which is typically more volatile, your panic may subside by half. And also, of course, separate the health and the financial concerns. Concerns about a medical issue, the coronavirus, add fuel to any panic over financials. Now you are not just worrying about your retirement, you said, you're also worrying about your kids, your grandkids, and yourself. It is even more of a call to action around calming and separating out the panic around taking care of health versus what is happening to the market. So how important is that separation, Dr. Brad? Well, first of all, let me just say that it's really, really difficult because, again, when we're really emotionally charged and really fearful, it's really hard to separate out those various aspects of what we're 
we're afraid of. Um, for example, you'll hear statistics around certain populations being more vulnerable than others. Like, for example, I have two children, and we're hearing that children don't really get it, you know, typically, and they're not very, really being harmed by it much. But that information, when you throw it into that anxiety that I'm having, that everybody's having around what's happening in the world, it's hard to separate that out. And, and those fears will creep in around, oh, what about my kids, this kind of thing. And so it's really tough to do that. Um, but it's also really important because, um, again, you know, your decisions around your portfolio are very, very different than that fear and the actions, frankly, you need to take and some things you can do to help keep yourself and your family safe. And on that note, we do have an interesting comment from Kelly, who's here. Um, do you want to read that here? She had a few comments, but this one goes to what you were just talking about. Yeah, so it's also helpful, um, Kelly said, it's also helpful knowing the polyvagal theory and fight or flight and how that can influence your responses. Absolutely. And so it's that fight or flight response pattern that we're all in. Um, and, and typically when it comes to, and, and you know this by listening to experts, typically when you're in that fight or flight um, pattern, it takes some time to calm it down. And when it comes to investing in financial decisions, acting when you're in that state is almost always destructive. Absolutely. We also have Sandy Smith here with us. Um, she's a former co-host slash thought leader here on Money with Friends. And uh, I don't know, Sandy, you're having a tougher day. She says panic has taken control. So what do you say to, to Sandy and to others like her? Yep. So, you know, the panic is real. It's happening. Um, we're all feeling it. And we're still not sure whether it's, a, it's an overreaction or an underreaction or the exact right amount of panic. Um, but I think it really does help to, to know that let's talk about the stock markets, for example. Just think back to how you felt back in 2008 or back in 2000. And, and I lived through that. And I actually did a lot of press interviews at that time. So this is something I was really thinking about a lot. And the same level of panic was there in the sense of um, the panic thinking that pops into your head like, um, oh, my gosh, the world's going to end. Things will never be the same again. The markets may never recover. I'm going to lose all my money. This is sort of that panic chatter. That, that, that we're all having inside of our heads. And it's the exact same chatter that we had back in 2000, the exact same chatter we had back um, in 2008. So, so that it helps to see that, that that pattern has been there. And it'll be there again. I mean, you know, 10 years from now, there'll be some other thing that we're panicking about with regard to the stock market. Yeah, so it is important to put this, as, as the article said, and as you said in the piece, to put this in historical context. There's also, I like this contrarian view that we're getting from our Facebook Live audience um, from, I don't know how to pronounce this, so please forgive me, Shabal, you want to take that, Brad? Sure. Um, I understand the negative panic, but should I worry if I get too excited for a cheaper market as well? That's a fabulous point. Um, because the two places that we make mistakes are when we're emotionally charged. And there's two different ways to do that. One is being super scared. The other is being super excited. And so part, part of the reason that we end up having bubbles is it's excitement. It's the same sort of panic, but it's the happy kind. <laughs> and that herd movement that can be equally destructive. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people are just watching from the sidelines and observing, but not feeling compelled to take action. We have Annette here, and she says that she's calm here too, but I am enjoying watching the frenzy. I mean, this is this is drama unfolding in real life. It's very scary, um, but people are also just watching. Right. I love that observing the frenzy because it really does help. It's a great metaphor for actually observing the frenzy within yourself. So if you can observe what's happening within yourself, um, it, you'll actually be able to take charge of it and control of it. You're still going to have the emotional experience. And that's one of the things that, that, I, that I really want to point out. I'm not telling people to calm down, 
just don't do anything stupid. <laughs> They're two very different things. I mean, because that you're going to get upset with these headlines. This It's upsetting. Yeah. So what are some techniques? What are some more advice you have for people if they're watching this? And we are recording this on a day when the Dow, the markets are down really probably their worst day, you know, in memory by far, maybe their worst day by points ever. Um, it's not clear because it's the middle of the trading day as we record this. But this has been, you know, quite a historic uh, week or two at this point. Unprecedented. Really, it really has. Like, like I think um, one of the biggest drops since the Great Depression in terms of the speed of the drop. Um, and so this, this is also a really, really helpful psychological hack. So we, get, we see the market and we'll see, oh, no, it's down 10%. And, but what I want you to do is to actually dig into your portfolio a little bit. And, for example, separate it into two buckets. So look at how much, what percentage do you have in equities, what percentage do you have in bonds or fixed income, that kind of thing, or cash. And, and put those into two different buckets because chances are your, your portfolio isn't 100% in the Dow, for example, but yet you're seeing the Dow movement. Um, and so, because typically for people, let's just, an example of, for, for a balanced portfolio, you're, you're, you might not be going down by, you might be going down less than half of what the headlines are saying. And so it's real easy to get triggered by those headlines, but to look and look, use mental accounting is basically what it, the psychological hack to separate your portfolio out to see how much, what percentage that portfolio is taking that big of a hit. Because it's probably not nearly as much as your, your emotional self is thinking. Okay, I'm just processing that. That's really good advice. Let's take one last comment from our Facebook Live audience before we get to our takeaways. Um, and this one is from Annette. Annette is um, looking for opportunities, and there always are opportunities in these types of events. Annette says, I hope it trickles over to the housing market. I want to buy a house within the next three years. So that's interesting because, you know, the Fed cut rates, and in theory, that should trickle down pretty quickly to, well, maybe not always that quickly, but certainly the 10-year has been down Um and uh, you'd think we'd see lower mortgage rates. They haven't been that materially lower because demand has been so high, is what the banks are saying, that they can't even keep up. So it may eventually happen. But for now, rates for a mortgage and refinancing are not as low as you would expect. So it's yep. a little bit tricky. Yeah, I love, I love that, though, just paying attention to that, because there are some things we can't control. Um, a lot of things we can't control in terms of what's happening with the markets, but looking for those types of opportunities that really fit you and your situation, because it might be a good time to refinance it, you know, depending on what you, what, um, what you're paying for with your mortgage rate, your current mortgage rate. All right. I'm going to leave you a couple minutes to think about your takeaway, Dr. Brad, while I thank our friends at Tiller, because Money with Friends is brought to you by Tiller. You can manage your money 10 times faster in a spreadsheet with Tiller. It's the only service that connects your banks to Google Sheets and Excel with your daily spending transactions and balances. Unlike financial apps that force you to compromise, spreadsheets are fully customizable for your needs. Tiller makes them even better with an automatic daily feed of your spending, balances, and transactions. So basically, you don't have to do data entry, multiple account logins, and so on. You just connect your banks once. You can see your transactions automatically updated each day. Once you set it up, you don't have to do anything. You go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more info. You get a free trial. You get 20% off your first year. Thank you very much. And you get to support Money with Friends. So thank you for using our link, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Okay. It is time for our takeaways. I know yours is going to be so brilliant, Brad. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Um, 
Do you want to go first? Or did you want to have the final word? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so I think that another thing for you to really think about in the midst of this is if you're, whether or not you're a long-term investor. And I hope the answer is that, yes, I am a long-term investor. Um, because if you look at timeframes, and if you're looking at the Dow, for example, and you're looking at a graph for three months, there, there's just nothing but panic and anxiety in that graph. And that, that's a short-term perspective. But I'd like you to even do this. And they have inter- interactive graphs. But just go ahead and stretch it out over 10 years, over 20 years over 40 years, and then look at that line. And what you're going to see is you're going to see a a relatively steep mountain that just keeps climbing up. And this correction, when you put it into that longer term context, it's pretty normal. I mean, it feels terrible. And every time we go through this, it feels like, oh my gosh, everything's changed. This is totally new. And what's going to happen? But when you can look at that historical perspective, Bobby, we've been here before and we're going to be here again. And But the thing that we can really control is whether or not we do the absolute wrong thing. And the absolute wrong thing is buying when things are high and selling when things are low. Exactly. Of course, we're still waiting for our map to tell us exactly when that's happening. <laughs> right. Very well said. Um, I can't top that, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically quote you. Um, My favorite advice of yours in the piece is acknowledge your emotions, but don't act on them. And I think that's what we've done here is we've said, it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to be panicked a little bit, but there's a difference between then doing something that you're going to regret, doing something that is against your investment plan, doing something that goes against the strategy that you've put in place when you were thinking about it in a rational sense. So don't act on impulse. Don't do um, anything irrational. Acknowledge your emotions and then stay calm. How'd I do? Love it. All right. Well said. Tell us what you're up to these days. I know you, uh, you're now, you have moved your office home. Yes, yes. So I'm doing well, you can imagine, Bobby, I'm doing a lot of press interviews right now, um, as we're all trying to struggle with the psychology related to this. Um, and I've also I'm actually really excited. I, I launched a new new updated website, bradclons.com. Um, I've got a lot of resources there, including um, a free webinar on the seven secrets of the ultra wealthy that was based on research that I had done with Paul Sullivan, in the New York Times. So pretty excited about that. Is that out? Um, yep, the, re- the study was published a while ago, and then I, I put some effort into trying to put together a presentation that people can actually understand and not, not have to read the statistical <laughs> tables, <laughs> which is can, not easy wait. for a professor to do. Okay, so they can get that at your website? Yes. Okay, awesome. Yep. Awesome. And your social handles, everyone should follow Dr. Brad. Dr. Brad Klontz, um, I am on Twitter, Instagram, doing a lot of stuff on TikTok if you're brave enough to go into the fray. Um, but yeah, you can connect with me there, Dr. Brad Klontz. All right. And we will have you back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about whether we should be taking advantage of these cheap travel deals. Hmm. Have a feeling what people are going to say, but we're going to explore that regardless because they are tempting. There's a lot of deals out there. I don't know. Um, but anyway, please follow our show on our social handles on Instagram and on Twitter at Money Friends Pod and check out all of our co-hosts, including Dr. Brad bios, all connections to them available on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Have a great day, everyone. Stay calm. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. 
Ryan Sini, and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.